Wait here, said Reg, and walked up two steps. He then turned and faced Richard with a look of the most profound seriousness on his face. I am sorry, he said, that you have become involved in what is the more difficult side of my life. But you are involved now, regrettable though that may be, and there is something I must ask you. When I come back down these stairs, always supposing, of course, that I do, then if my behavior strikes you as being in any way odd, if I appear not to be myself, then you must leap on me and wrestle me to the ground. Do you understand? You must prevent me from doing anything I may try to do. Now please wait for me in the main room and close the door. Shaking his head in bewilderment, Richard stepped back and did as he was asked. Nothing further seemed to happen for a long, long time. Then at last the door opened once again, slowly, and Reg walked calmly in. It's all right, he said quietly. It's just a horse in the bathroom. Richard leapt on him and wrestled him to the ground. No, gasped Reg, no, get off me, let me go, I'm perfectly all right, damn it. It's, it's just a horse, a perfectly ordinary horse, but uh, <laughs> thank you for taking me at my word. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. It's just another fanboy coming at you like boom, like lightning, like a flash of thunder. That's not right. Thunder doesn't flash. It's a flash of lightning and a boom of thunder. I'm coming at you hard like a hurricane in the area of the country where hurricanes happen, you know, down there around that panhandle thing. But I don't know why I'm coming at you so hard, folks. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing it. Maybe something happened to me as a child. I don't know. I've never really put that much thought into it, to tell you the truth. I mean, I guess when I cast my mind back to my youth, did my father ever tell me that he loved me? I think so. I think he did. I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain he did. But really, I'm not sure why I'm getting this in-depth with you folks here in this intro of this episode. Maybe it's because I need something from you, something more than just you casually listening to the show. I mean, I don't need that much. I just need complete and utter devotion and loyalty and maybe a million dollars. You know, just love and money. That's all I really need from you folks. I'm not asking a lot, okay? Love and money. Complete, blind loyalty and money. Maybe a little respect, you know. Little respect can go a long way. Not as far as money will take you. Money's going to take you pretty far. I can I can go with lack of respect if there's money in place of that. So you be the judge. Do you want to give me respect or do you want to give me money? Because I'll go for either. I would prefer the money because I like shiny things. I like shiny things that come in small packages. I also like shiny things that come in big packages and have lots of buttons and make little noises like beep, boop, 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 beep, beep, stuff like that. That stuff, 
I really find entertaining. But hey, you know, I should probably mention that my name's Steven. I'm the host of this here show. It's called Just Another Fanboy. And today I want to talk about a character that I have much love for. And his name is Dirk Gently. He was created by an author who has passed... He's no longer living in this world with us, and that's a real shame. His name was Douglas Adams. He's the guy that created Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm sure you've heard of that. You may or may not have heard of Dirk Gently. You may have. It was a show on BBC America not that long ago, and a really ripping good show as well. So good that they canceled it after two seasons. That always seems to be the case, isn't it? Hey, we've got this really great show out there that everybody loves and the critics think it's great, so we're going to cancel it because we can't deal with that kind of success right now. So we're just going to cancel it and walk away and make something that's really crappy that's not going to do very well. That seems to be our lot in life as nerds enjoying media, right? So you may know who Douglas Adams is. You may know who Dirk Gently is. But if not, I'm going to give you, well, my perspective. Because I was recently on the Hoopla app. I watched the Dirk Gently TV show that was on BBC America. They put it on Hulu. I watched it last year. I don't think I ever talked about it on the show before. I may have watched it. I may have been done watching it before I even started podcasting. I don't remember. But it was really amazing. And then I, I, I left for other pursuits. And Dirk Gently just kind of fell into the back, back space of my mind. You know, back there where things are that don't really, you know, they're just back there not, not tugging at the memory. They're just back there. They're just hanging out. They're having soda maybe a mimosa. So I'd kind of I kind of stopped thinking about Dirk Gently because here's here's the thing, the show was amazing. It was an amazing show. It was two seasons. It should have been longer. It was amazing, but it really had not a lot to do with the original source material, which was two and a half books. And yes, I say two and a half books. He wrote Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. That was the first one, and that's what I'm going to spend a lot of time on this episode talking about. He followed that up with The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which is the better of the two. And then he started writing The Salmon of Doubt, and then he passed away before he completed that. Now, he did. they did, the people who have control of his stuff, they did release a book by Douglas Adams called The Salmon of Doubt, and it did have what he had written for the book up to the point where he passed away. And then it had a whole bunch of other stuff in the book, other articles and whatnot that he had written. And I remember reading it, good Lord, 15, 20 years ago. And I really remember enjoying The Salmon of Doubt up until, of course, it just abruptly ends and there's no more left and I got really sad. And I know that for a while there, IDW, the comic book publisher, had the publishing rights to do comics based on Dirk Gently. And that's what I had run across on Hoopla. And I remember I was reading comics when the, when the series first came out and I started reading it and then I got out of comics and I never knew that, that they kept going for at least more than 12 issues. I think there's like four trades out there, three to four trades. And one of them is called The Salmon of Doubt. I haven't read it yet. I don't know if, it, if they took the source material and then completed it themselves or if they're just using the title and nothing about the story resembles what Douglas Adams had written. I don't know. I'll, 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 I'll see when I get there. But when all this started stirring in the back of my mind and Dirk gently came to the forefront of my brain, I thought, you know what? It's been a while since I've read the first book. So maybe I should do that. 
And what I ended up doing was listening to it, and I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it the first time. It's not as good, like I said, as the second book. The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul is probably one of, if not my favorite, Douglas Adams book. But Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency is pretty good. I'm not going to cover the whole story for you. I have entitled this episode Dirk Gently Part 1 with a question mark because I don't know if I'm going to continue to talk about Dirk Gently. I mean, I know I'm going to listen to The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, and I may want to talk about that. I'm going to go, I'm going to be reading these comic books. I may want to talk about those. There were actually two different television series one that was released uh, maybe a decade ago that had maybe six episodes. And, I re- and it, was, it was more, it was closer to the source material. It was more, um, God, I can't think of that word. It resembled the books more than the second series that they, that they did, did. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so let's just talk about Dirk Gently for a moment because I think he's a great character. And as I was listening to, the, to Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, a thought occurred to me that never occurred to me the first few times I read it or listened to it. Now, we'll get into that in a minute. But Dirk Gently is just this great character. He is this, everything you need to know about Dirk Gently, you get in that first book. The main character of the first book is actually a guy named Richard McDuff. He works for a company called Way Forward Technology or Way Forward Computer, something like that. It was created by a guy named Gordon Way, who was a big technical genius who created these computers and, and, and all that junk. And Richard works for him and he dates the guy's sister. And he, in the book, he went to, a co- he went to college, Cambridge, I think it was. And he went to college with a guy named Slad Jelly who eventually changed his name to Dirk Jelly and then Dirk Gently. And there's this portion of the book where Richard McDuff is basically describing who this guy was in college. And he was, he was one of these guys that uh, would always, I think one of the ways they described him is that he would always be seen wearing a long, dark, you know, very voluminous coat. And because of his name, Slad, people just assumed along with the coat that he was some kind of weird vampire type guy. And he would even take to sleeping by hanging from, a, from, a, from the ceiling. But he would only do it if he knew that he was going to be caught. He always seemed to always, whenever, whenever he would do it, he would always be caught. And then he would always deny vehemently that he was anything other than a normal person, which of course made everybody all the more suspicious. He just seems to be kind of this trickster con man who has spent his life dabbling in the supernatural areas to make a buck. And it culminates in his chosen profession, which is a holistic detective. He believes, as he states, in the complete interconnectedness of all things. Everything is connected. Every little thing that happens is connected to something else. And so, for example, if he is put on this case to find a missing cat in London, he may go spend a week in Jamaica and he will bill his client for that because something about being in Jamaica and drinking a lot of rum and spending a lot of his client's money has something to do with finding this missing cat. And somehow in the end, it actually ends up working out. And so you never know is Dirk Gently just a con man or is there something to what he says? That's what I think is incredibly interesting. That's the, I, think that's the most inter, I think that's the most interesting thing about this character and the way that Douglas Adams writes him is because 
on the one hand, you're you're reading about this character and you're thinking, oh, he is such a liar and he is manipulating his clients for his own benefit just so he can make all this money and he's such a con man. And then you flip it around and go, but I don't know. He seems to, it seems to kind of work out for him. One of the tools that he implements, one of the things that he does is he practices the art of what he calls Zen navigation, which means when he gets out on the road, he picks a car that he feels they, they know where they're going. I will follow them and they will take me where I need to go. And nine times out of 10, they take him exactly where he needs to go. He may have been planning to go to the store, but he follows this car and he ends up somewhere where he's supposed to be. That's what's so funny about this character. And uh, the book, the first book, Holistic Detective Agency, is all about this old professor of Richard and Dirks, who is a, uh, they, he's called Professor Cronotus, and he is like a professor of time. And you come to find out that his, his little house is a time machine and that this guy has been alive for however long, hundreds of years, and he, he uses this time machine a lot. But there's this outside influence that has been trying to force him to use this time machine for nefarious purposes. And Richard McDuff gets wrapped up in it, which then gets Dirk wrapped up in it. And it's this, it's the kind of a whole mystery that Dirk has to solve. And Dirk ends up solving it by ultimately asking a kid a question. Because there's this part in the book where Richard goes to this dinner with Reg. That's the professor's name. His name is Reg. And uh, he goes to this, this dinner at Cambridge and there's all these professors in attendance and there's a couple other people there. And there's a little girl who has come to the dinner with her parents and they had recently been to Greece and she'd found this pot and she thought she would bring it to the dinner because everybody in attendance is supposed to be frightfully clever and somebody should be able to tell her if this pot is is the real deal, if it's an ancient Greek pot that might be worth something. And uh, Reg ends up, he, he does these magic tricks. They call them conjuring tricks in Britain, apparently. He does these little magic tricks, these little sleight of hand things. And so he does this magic trick for this little girl in which he shows her this, this uh, salt shaker, or as they call them, salt sellers. Behold the simple salt seller. And he makes it disappear. Well, as this pot is going around the table, it comes to Reg and he looks at the pot and he's like, oh my goodness, young, young lady, you are, you are frightfully clever and you are steeped in magical power. And he cracks open this pot and inside the pot is the salt cellar. And there's no way, the way the pot is built, it's like it was baked around the salt cellar. There's no way he could have gotten the salt cellar in there. It just couldn't have happened. There's just the way it was built. It was a part of the, the pot. Like it was when the pot was put together thousands of years ago, they built it, they, you know, they molded and fired up this pot around the salt cellar. Well, when Dirk gets this information, he just, he, he, it's impossible. There's no way that, that he could have done that with just sleight of hand. And so he asks this little kid on the street, he tells them the story and he goes, how, how could that happen? And the kid's like, well, obviously the guy had a time machine and he went back in time and he found the guy that made the pot and he had them make the pot around the, the salt cellar. And then that's when Dirk kind of figures it all out. And it's a very, there, there's a lot more to it. It's a very short book. If you want something to read in an evening or over the weekend, 
it's a great book because I think the audiobook was maybe five hours, if even that much. It's a very short book and it's very good. But the thing that dawned on me as I'm listening to this is that before Douglas Adams became famous with Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, he was a writer on Doctor Who. He was a big name writer on Doctor. He was one of the guys that wrote a lot of the big classic episodes on Doctor Who. And there was a particular episode that he had written, and I think they shot it, but it never got released. And eventually they turned the script into a book. And I think it was called Shada, S-H-A-D-A, which I read a number of years ago. And I, I, I only remember enough about it in that there was somebody in the book who was a Time Lord who forgot, maybe they forgot they were a Time Lord and they were a professor at Cambridge and their little house was a TARDIS. And that kind of dawned on me as I was, because I hadn't read or listened to Holistic Detective Agency since reading Shada. This is the first time. And it, it just dawned on me. I was like, holy crap. That's very much like his Doctor Who script. And so I had to go look it up. And sure enough, there are two parts of the story that come from two different Doctor Who scripts that he had written. Now, I feel like what I read was the first script did get made into an episode. And the second one that they made the book out of, eventually they did release it. I think an animated version of the episode. But I just got the sense that he had written this episode that they never, that they were going to make into a, an, an episode that they never did. And so he decided, you know what? I'm going to make it into a book. And so in essence... Dirk Gently is Doctor Who to a certain extent. Basically, what he did is he took this script and he added other elements to it from, from another script, but he took this Doctor Who script. He took out all the elements of the Time Lord and the Doctor and all that, but the central figure, the guy who had to figure it out, who would have been the Doctor, ended up being Dirk Gently. And I found that just, I don't know, that just struck me like a bolt of lightning that just... Holy crap, Dirk Gently is Doctor Who. It's just that he's human. He's not, you know, he's not an alien. He hasn't been living for thousands of years. He's just a regular dude. But that Dirk Gently was based on Doctor Who. I just found that very interesting. And, and as that hit me while I was listening to the book, it made me enjoy it even more. But I do urge you, if, if you've never read anything by Douglas Adams, I do urge you, Read Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency or listen to it. I'm sure it's out there on Hoopla or through Overdrive or somewhere through a library that you can get it for free. But give it a listen. He reads it himself, which makes it even better. And there's just some great moments in the book. Again, it's good. It's not as good as The Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which is the second one, which I, I can't wait to listen to next because I do. There's just some passages in that book. The, the way the man writes, it's like I have been told before that some of the stuff that I write is a cross between Stephen King and Douglas Adams, which to me makes sense because my two favorite authors are Stephen King and Douglas Adams. I have read more Stephen King and I have read more Douglas Adams than anything else. And the thing with Douglas Adams is he doesn't have a lot out there. He's got, I think, five Hitchhiker's books and then the two Dirk Gently books. But I've read them all so many times that the way he writes is kind of just in me. But the way he just, the, the, the language he uses and the way it kind of just rolls, 
rolls across the page that's just, I don't want to use the word poetic because then I sound kind of, oh, there's a poetry to the language that just rolls off the tongue. And, and you know, God's not the kind of, kind of person I am. But, but in essence, that's what I'm saying. I just love the flow to his writing, the way he turns a phrase, the way he describes things. You know, one of the big lines in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is about the, the Vogan constructor ships and how they hang in the sky in the same way that a brick doesn't or does something to that effect. I don't, I don't remember the exact line, but he has a way of writing that just tickles my fancy like nobody's business. And it's all there in Dirk Gently's Holistic Detect- Detective Agency. There's a great scene where Richard, after leaving a message on Susan Way, it's his girlfriend, the, the sister of Gordon Way, his boss, he leaves a message on her answering machine and then decides he doesn't want her to hear it. And he, 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 he comes up with this plan to break into her apartment and steal the tape. And there's underlying reasons for this that you find out in the book But Dirk Gently just happens to be across the street on the roof of another building, and he notices McDuff climbing the drain pipe, this guy that he went to college with. And so he starts watching him through the binoculars, and he figures out which apartment he's in, and he he looks it up in the, the telephone directory, and he calls the phone in the apartment, and Richard answers. And right away, Dirk Gently is like, lesson number one when breaking into a into a into somebody's apartment, do not answer the phone. And then Richard's like, who, who is this? And he's like, I'm, a, I'm across the street. If you come to the window, you can see me on the roof. And he goes to the window and he looks out into the dark London sky and there's a flash of light. And Dirk, Dirk's like, lesson number two, if you're breaking into an apartment and somebody tells you to come to the window, don't come to the window because they will take your picture or something. I'm not doing it justice. It's really good. <laughs> He'd forgotten, of course, that there would be messages on the tape other than his own, and listening to other people's phone messages was tantamount to opening their mail. Then the phone rang. He stopped the tape and answered it, then almost dropped the phone like an electric eel as he realized what he was doing. Hardly daring to breathe, he held the telephone to his ear. Rule one in housebreaking, said a voice. Never answer the telephone when you're in the middle of a job. Who are you supposed to be, for heaven's sake? Richard froze. It was a moment or two before he could find where he'd put his voice. Who is this? He demanded at last in a whisper. Rule two, continued the voice, preparation. Bring the right tools, bring gloves, try to have the faintest glimmering of an idea of what you're about before you start dangling from window ledges in the middle of the night. Rule three, never forget rule two. Who is this? exclaimed Richard again. The voice was unperturbed. Neighborhood watch, it said. If you just look out of the back window, you'll see. Trailing the phone, Richard hurried over to the window and looked out. A distant flash startled him. Rule four, said the voice, never stand where you can be photographed. Rule five, are you listening to me, Macduff? What? Uh, Yes, said Richard in bewilderment. How do you know me? Rule five, never admit to your name. It's very funny. It's very clever. It's very interesting. And it's also very short. And it deals with aliens and time travel. And there's a thing in it called an electric monk that a race of aliens created. They use all their technology to do all their meaningless tasks for them, such as washing the dishes or, or recording shows on TV. And they realize they don't have enough time in their lives to believe in things. And so they create these robots called electric monks whose job it is to believe stuff for them. 
and it and it ties in. It all comes together. The interconnectedness of all things. It's all there in the book, and it's done very well. It's not done as well as as it is in Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul. You know, he had this idea. He 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 made the first book, and it's really good. And then he realized how to do it even better, and he wrote Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, which makes me sad about the Salmon of Doubt. I really would have liked to have seen how that book ended, and maybe IDW got the plans, the outline or something, and they they finished the book in comic book form. I don't know. I'll find out when I get to that book. But I bet there is going to be another episode in which I talk about Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul because it is. It's really good. It's a really good book, and it's one of my favorites, and it's one that I have to read every couple of years because, because it just makes me happy. Just the way it's written, just the way the man writes. I mean, I'm gushing about it because I love it, and I don't know what else to say. Go out, find Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. If you can get it on audiobook, that's what I would recommend because Douglas Adams reads it himself. And then drop me a line, feedback at stephenorels.com. Tell me what you thought because I'd really be interested. But until then, until that happens, if you actually do it, folks, my name's Stephen and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job.